Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've been a part of the Move the Ball movement for quite some time, welcome back. I'm glad that you are here with us today. As you all know, this podcast is all about business, branding, sports, and of course, how to move the ball. This episode is part of my special trainer series where I'm interviewing performance trainers who coach professional and college athletes, get players ready with workouts in the offseason and with combine-specific training, and who just help athletes to perform at a higher level. I wanted to incorporate this series into the podcast because whether you are a pro athlete or an all-star player in the game of life, we all need coaches and trainers to help us advance, to move the ball, and to reach that next level both on and off the field. Okay. So for today's episode, I've got a great trainer with us from New Orleans inside the huddle with us and ready to share his story, which I absolutely love and I'm excited for him to share, by the way. And he'll also share his insights and more about what he's doing to help athletes train and to get to that next level and to prevent injury. So on the show with us is Gary Scheffler. Gary is the founder of GLS Training and is known as one of the top training professionals in the New Orleans area, where he has helped clients to safely and effectively recode their bodies to help them train and to get the best results possible while also protecting their body from injuries. Again, that part's very important. Gary has also trained with premier NFL athletes as well as other professionals, including guys like George Kittle, Jamar Chase. Christian Fulton, and Daryl Williams, and we'll talk about that more in the show as well. Gary, welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really glad to have you on the show with us today. I know we've talked about it for a little bit, and I appreciate you making time to come on the show. I saw you when I was down in New Orleans over the summer, and I know things have been a bit different now with trying to get back to normal post-Hurricane Ida, and so I really do appreciate you yeah. carving out time to have this chat with us. So where I wanted to start off our conversation is you shared with me before about your journey and how you got to be the owner and founder of GLS training and being a part of the GOTA movement. So can you talk to us a little bit about how did you get to, what was your motivation behind wanting to start a gym and tell us a little bit about your journey? So Basically, I was running a rec department and just kind of coasting through life, married, had a daughter, and I started playing this travel softball stuff is how it all happened. And then I ended up getting hurt and I tore up my shoulder real bad and ended up going down the opiate road and I ended up basically homeless. So uh, long story short, I go to treatment, I get my life together, come out and after drugging for 10 years and you don't have really a whole lot of options as far as like places to live and vehicles and stuff like that. I moved back in with my parents and I love coaching. I coach world championship bitty basketball teams and, you know, nothing major or anything like that, but it was kind of what my dad did. So it was kind of the low, you know, line that I fell in. My sister played college basketball. So we had uh, athletes and coaching was all up in my family. So I kind of took that path, but I get hurt, go to rehab, come out. And I don't have a job. 
they told us in rehab, volunteer, do what you enjoy, try to fill your day in. And I'm at the boys club one day, just kind of keeping busy and just kind of helping out around there, cleaning up and different things like that and running little basketball games and all for the kids that were there. And a coach, a baseball coach who was a, a friend of mine that I went to high school with came in and he's like, man, I got a kid that needs to lose weight. You think you could do some training with him or something? So I went that night and I bought an agility ladder. I met the kid the next day and God put his hands on it. And the rest was history. Uh, fast forward about 2014. I was doing a lot of training in, in like the parks. I had a trailer with some equipment and stuff like that. And I, I just was kind of going with the flow and following what felt right doing a lot of research and studying and stuff like that, not having a big education or anything like that on, in the training industry. But it kicked me out of the parks because you can't use a public facility to run a business out of it. It pushed me. It was just God, you know, saying, hey, it's, it's time for the next move, I guess you could say, because I probably would still be there today doing that same stuff. So we were driving by the facility that we're in right now and it was for sale. I didn't have money to buy it. I didn't have no credit. Drug addicts don't have credit. So I called and I was like, listen, you know, I, I'll be interested in maybe leasing it or renting it or something like that. And we met with them and they cleared the inside of it out. And we kind of jumped out on faith at that point. And my wife, well, my wife now, she gave me her 401k which was about 30 something thousand dollars. We opened up some credit cards. She really put on for the whole thing. Like it wouldn't have been possible without her. Opened up 2014, 2015. Jose Bosch is one of my real good friends. He comes to me. He's like, man, listen, they got some big issues in the training industry. I'm looking at the things you're doing on social media. And a lot of what you're doing is feeding into these irregular movement patterns and things like that. So me and him talked a little bit. I kind of ignored it or whatever. Well, he called me out on social media one day. And I was jumping a little girl on a Vertimax and she had a knee brace on. So I was like, well, look, if you know better, why don't you come over here and help me? So he came in and he kind of gave me these concepts. He wasn't too familiar per se with training, but he was very, very good with human movement and natural movement patterns. 2015, we pick up an iPad. It was called Primal Wisdom at the time, which was not an attractive name to a 12-year-old athlete or maybe a high school athlete. So we came up with the name GOTA, which, which is greatest of all time actions. And the training facility was GLS Next Level Performance, which GLS happens to be Gary Lee Scheffler. And it also happens to be GOTA Locomotive Systems, which wasn't planned, but it worked out that way. So we took it called it GOTA and he started doing corrective exercise so the corrective stuff he was doing was all based off of the movement patterns that he was able to identify at the time through slow motion video. So he would take and do these little evals on my athletes. We didn't really have a system in place or anything like that. And he would tell me, listen, this kid's a high risk or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, well, send Jamal Chase back here one day. He tells me that Jamal Chase is a high risk for injury. And I'm like, Jamal Chase is Jamal Chase. He was in here since the eighth grade. He's probably the most freakiest athlete I've ever seen in my life. And guys like that don't get hurt. Fast forward a few months later, he comes down with a ball in the back of the end zone. Nobody's around him. And he gets this little patella issue or something like that. He had a low, low knee issue. It, it made him miss about eight weeks. So at that point, 
I had to take what he was saying a lot more serious. And I picked up the iPad myself and I started investing my time and my energy in the movement patterns, studying non-contact catastrophic injuries, studying these repetitive stress injuries and the way that these guys were moving. And we kind of put our heads together and, and we built GOTA. And it's where we are today. And we have athletes at the highest level coming in from all over the world. And it's not just athletes, it's general population, men, women. 50, 60 years old, that's been in back pain for 30 years, that's coming in here and they get out of back pain in sometimes days. And preventing injury is so important, whether you're part of the general population or obviously as an elite athlete, that's your job is to perform and to be able to use your body. So it's a little bit more critical there. But for all of us, we need to be mindful of the things that we're doing and to make sure that we're not putting ourselves at risk for higher levels of injury, right? So can you share with us, what are some of the things that you do to help? You talked about movement. Can you just give us a couple nuggets of what are some things that people can be doing to help prevent themselves from getting injured? Well, posture and resting and shoes, and there's a lot of elements that go into we call it decoding movement because we call when we fix it, recoding. So in Western civilization, we're always resting. Now the shoes, shoes are terrible. You know, you take a shoe and it's basically a cast, but a foot. Yeah, everybody's constantly searching for that more comfortable shoe, more comfortable shoe. When we looked at a lot of indigenous cultures, the shape of the foot is completely different. It's more kind of like the hand where the toes are more spaced out. They're open, everything's straight. And it's because when we put our foot in that shoe, it gets locked up, right? When in reality, we just shouldn't have put them on at all and we shouldn't have sat in chairs. So the indigenous cultures, they sit in squats, they keep their hips decompressed, their lumbar spine stays decompressed so they don't have all the problems that we have. Then you try to get in shape. We start doing all these just different lifting derivatives that we as you know, trainers and coaches over the years have developed these systems to strengthen muscle, right? Isolate muscle and strengthen it. When in reality, the human body was designed to gain strength and get stronger through this natural movement pattern. When you stray from that pattern, whether it be sitting, bad shoes that could change the sensitivity of the foot or the exercise and stuff like that, then you'll start to see repetitive stress and possibly non-contact catastrophic injury come in. Somebody walking downstairs and tears the ACL, that shouldn't happen. And so when I was in New Orleans, you know, Daryl Williams was down there. Daryl, for those that don't know, running back, Kansas City Chiefs, played college ball at LSU. Something that Daryl has said, you have it on your website. He talked about how working with you, you was an eye-opening experience, learning about slow motion video and the body's movements. Can you talk a little bit about some of the work you did with Daryl specifically? Well, there's a pattern that gets developed through what's currently the basis of all training modalities, I guess you could say. Olympic lifting and powerlifting is a hip forward, chest back movement where when the foot comes off the ground, the femur externally rotates instead of internally rotates. So Daryl was always tight, tight hamstrings, tight lumbar spine. Uh, matter of fact, two years ago when they won the Super Bowl, he tweaked his hamstring again. So we had to take and decompress what is called the posterior chain, calves, hamstrings, glutes, open all of that system up and get it longer 
so that we could bring his hips back further in his resting posture to where if your foot's coming off the ground and you don't have the length in your hamstring or in your calf, you're going to pull something because that innate pattern is for that femur to internally rotate, not externally rotate. And we figured that out because of the thousands of hours that we have watched slow motion video and looking at healthy athletes and unhealthy athletes and guys that suffered with repetitive stress. So that's where the concepts come from. So we had to get Daryl to stop moving in reverse where the femur opens when the foot comes off the ground and get it to close. And it's loosening hip flexors and it's getting the hips to decompress. And it's a process, you know, but it's all told to us by the video. So we don't trust studies and things that have been done because we don't know who was studied or what was studied or, you know, where's the study on Michael Jordan or where's the study on Ed Reed, Deion Sanders? Because that's who we studied because those guys played at a high level for a long time and stayed relatively healthy. And so let's talk about some of the other things that you've recently been doing. So you recently had a lineman week. You also were out um, shortly after I saw you, you, we had talked about how you were going to be traveling and working out with George Kittle and uh, some other folks. Tell us a little bit about both of those things, the lineman week, as well as the work you did with George Kittle. Ricky Stanzi is one of our coaches. He was a quarterback at Iowa. He's kind of an Iowa legend. Some they <laughs> They call him the Tom Brady of Iowa. He's one of our go-to master coaches. He handles, we have a certification that we built for it. So he handles all of the education and he's very well versed at it. And me and him have a little performance thing that we've been working on that uh, we kind of been testing the waters. So we we used uh, Ike Bach as a, a lineman that played at Iowa that has the same agent. So there was a connection with him and Ricky. So Ike comes in, he's had a ruptured Achilles. He was about to rupture the other Achilles. He was on the practice squad with the Bills. And he gets on the go-to program. Ricky recodes him. And week four or five, he starts starting last year. And he ends up being the most efficient lineman that the Buffalo Bills had last year. And they had they had to pay him like $2.3 or something crazy like that. So he's a big advocate for the program. He went to school with George. So he reaches out. He's telling George about it for the past year. And go through the whole lineman week thing. And, you know, fast forward to this offseason, and we end up going up and spending some time at George Kittle's ranch. Rob Tunyon was there. Uh, they had a couple other tight ends that, excuse me, semi-participated. Uh, George was the one that was the most locked in. Ike was up there with us. And George has been on it still till now. We send him video. We send him uh, the exercises and things. He's got to be one of the most busiest people in the NFL, too. Outside of just the 49ers, you know, those guys have they have a very, very serious schedule. It's not like they go to work for two hours and go home after. And you also have an MLB week that you're about to be doing. So you're expanding. You know, you already do work outside of working with NFL guys. But talk to us a little bit about this upcoming MLB week that you're going to be doing. November 8th through the 11th. What that is, is, is and what we did with the lineman week was, is we invite in say 12 to 15, whether it be MLB guys or offensive linemen, whatever sport or position or whatever we're working with at the time, we bring those guys in and we recode them, we train them, we educate them on what we do. We feed them and all. So we take them and let them experience some of the New Orleans traditions and things like that. And we let those guys really take a deep dive into what we do. The lineman week was phenomenal. 
almost like it's been a little bit of a business model, I guess, where because guys are playing around with the GoTo system. And we have do-it-yourself videos and websites and things like that where you could go in and kind of participate. You could watch on social media and kind of mimic some of the training. But it's just our way to reel in some of these guys to make sure that they understand what they're doing and make sure that they get the full effect. And then naturally, they go and they tell everybody else. Adam Frazier is one of the guys that should be down for the baseball week. He's the second baseman for the Padres, who's a he's an all-star guy. That's kind of what we're doing with that little specialized week, I guess you could say, or targeting a certain position or sport. It's great to be expanding and to be sharing with the work that you do with other professional sports outside of uh, the NFL as well. So I look forward to seeing how you continue to move the ball and grow and expand and continue to uh, further the movement, I'll say. Right, right. So before we close the show, just want to ask you, you know, you work with some top notch guys. You've talked about Jamar, talked about Daryl. I mentioned Christian. You know, when you look at these guys, and I know you've known them for a number of years, what is it about them that you think really has enabled them to excel at the professional level? I mean, obviously they're talented. There's no question, but it's more than talent that gets you to that level. So what do you think makes them special? I think it's their dedication to their craft. One thing about those guys that when we was in here, basically, I would say training them the wrong way. They was here all the time, every day of the week. As long as you had a session, they would come in the train. Daryl was from the area. I started working with Daryl when he left LSU after his combine and all. Jamal, Christian, Aaron Boulay at Mississippi State, Donald Clay at SMU. They got a, a list. Jamal Pettigrew at McNeese, who was at LSU at one time. They have a list of guys that was in here like in the eighth, ninth, tenth grade. You know what I'm saying? So like I tell everybody, I've been knowing these kids and, and dealing with like when Jamal played his first game or his first year at LSU, every Saturday, my house was filled with kids. Like the kids that, you know, because I think 2018 was when Jamal came out. Between 2018 and 2019, I think we signed like 35 scholarships out of the gym just in football. So those guys in 2019 was like 21 of them. So when those guys were playing on Saturdays, everybody was at the house watching football. It was just their life. It's their life to answer your question. They train, they work out, they watch football, they play football, they repeat. That's what's big with those guys. One thing about Jamal, Jamal's a worker. Like he's going to train. And if he's somewhere not home, He's going to find the training facility and he's going to go work out. He's never going to stay stagnant. He's never going to be out of shape. And what I want to do now to well, wrap up our show is I want to take you through my two minute drill and just ask you some fun questions. Are you ready? Let's go. All right. First question is when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Ironically, I wanted to be a coach. My dad was a coach. My dad was my hero. So that's what I wanted to do. Love it. Next question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? Maybe Kevin James. (laughs) I used to wear a visor all the time and I had to stop because people would ask me if I was Sean Payton. So maybe Sean Payton would would play me if he ever did a movie. (laughs) (laughs) All right. How about next question is, what is your favorite vacation spot? Either Vegas or Times Square. I wanted them to, but I like Vegas. All right. How about what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. Plain vanilla. Not French, not vanilla bean, just plain vanilla? No, just vanilla. Homemade vanilla from Bluebell is the best. Got it. All right. Next question is, what is a pet peeve of yours? Punctuality. It's Mm. the biggest one. Yes. Got to be on time. 
Next question is, what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? I've been listening up on your podcast a little bit lately. And then I actually I'm reading my book again I, because they about to do a documentary, but that's Rico. It's called Recoded, an addict oh, story. Nice. So awesome. Yeah. And my last question is you are hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people living or deceased. Who would you choose and why? I got asked this question before and I said, Jesus would be one of them. I, I just would have to have a conversation with him, but um, <laughs> I don't, I'm sure that's not the typical answer that you get. Actually, but there are other people that have, have had that Red, answer. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Red Fox would definitely be somebody I'd like to sit down with. Cause I, I mean, I could only imagine what would be said at the table and uh, probably my grandmother. She's not famous, but if you gave me a wish, I'd like to eat with her again. Okay. That'd be three great choices. And so Gary, as we look to end the show, let people know, where can they find you? Where are you at on social media? I know you're very active posting all kinds of stuff on Instagram, but let people know, where can they keep up with you? At GLS underscore training on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram and Twitter is where we do most of it. Perfect. And we'll be sure to have all of those links in the show notes so people can check out what you're doing can stay apprised of you and your journey. So Gary, thank you so much for being on the show today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I appreciate you. Thank you for bringing me on. Of course. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's episode. If you like the show, please, again, as a reminder, share it with somebody else who you think would find it to be of value. And if you haven't already done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss a future episode. All right. Well, thank you all for listening again. And we will talk to you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.